This is the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. Because marriage without maintenance will break. I am your happily married host, Jason Parham. Join the Fixer Upper Marriage class via live recording as we learn how to make marriage and love better. What does it mean to wait? And what does marriage have to do with waiting? Learn four things you should wait for in marriage. To follow along with the notes and for additional content, visit fixeruppermarriage.org slash wait. Waiting is hard to do, and the, the days we're living in, nobody wants to wait. It's just awful to have to wait for anything. I know I'm very impatient. I become irritated if I have to wait 30 seconds in line at the store. I mean, it's kind of crazy when you think about it. I mean, I go to, um, why don't they get another register? Why don't they get another cashier up here? Well, it's only going to take maybe a minute at the most to wait on me. But for whatever reason, we just don't want to wait on things today. I get upset if I'm on my computer at home and it takes like 10 seconds for the pace to load. I'm really, I'm like mad. I'm upset. What is wrong with my internet? It's take like 10 seconds for the page to come up. And we don't want to wait on things today. And then we get enraged. I mean, I, we all get kind of angry, don't we? I mean, I, I do. And I know most people I know do. Although I do know some people who do this, but the person that goes to speed limit on the road and we get in behind them, we're like, why can't you go at least five miles over the speed limit? I mean, they're just, they're just going slow, or maybe they're a little under the speed limit, and we just get enraged. I don't want to wait, even though, even though driving behind that person only means is I'm going to be a minute later than what I thought it would be. But still, that one minute is driving me nuts. It's driving me crazy. I don't have time for this. We don't like to wait on things. The coffee's got to be really, really fast, right? We want a coffee instant. I have a Keurig machine at home. It's great. You stick the little thing in the, the little thing in there, and it makes your coffee like within seconds you have a, a nice fresh cup of coffee i don't want to have to wait i don't want to wait on every, my coffee to brew you just run it through something really quick and we got the whole fast food thing our food has to be fast right we have to have fast food because we don't have time to go home and cook i mean who has it's really it's really kind of deceptive because you got to figure by the time you drive to mcdonald's or burger king which is supposed to be fast food. And by the time you wait in line and they get your order wrong and you got everything figured out and then your food is soggy or your food is cold or something's wrong with your order, you really could have opened up a can of beans. I mean, you really could have cooked something on the stove. I mean, you probably had a pack of hot dogs that's not all that great for you, but it's probably better than the fast food you would have had, right? But we want things fast. Fast food. Yes, I need something fast. I don't want to have to wait. And that's the way it is. Our expectations do not have to wait on anything. Waiting is one of the most important aspects of the Christian life and in marriage. God wants you and God wants me to learn how to wait. It is the process of conforming us to the image of his son. Notice the words in the book of James chapter one. My brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations, knowing this, that the trying of your faith Worketh what? Worketh patience. But let patience have her perfect work, that you may be perfect and entire, wanting nothing. So when we're waiting, when we have to wait, spiritually speaking, and in life as a Christian, when we wait, God is doing something amazing in our hearts. God is changing us. God is making us like Jesus through the process of waiting. 
God is just not trying to toy, toy with us by making us wait for things, but rather He wants, His intentions are to show us His purposes, which are a lot bigger than what we think our purposes are. His timing is always perfect, even though our expectations may be different. Waiting on Him is trusting that He knows what's best. But what does it mean to wait? What is, what should we be waiting for? Today we're going to talk about four things you should wait for in marriage. Four things you should be waiting for in marriage. Number one, this is real obvious, wait on marriage. Wait on marriage. God designed the physical, intimate connections between a man and woman to be joy, to be enjoyed inside the covenant of marriage. You can see this in Genesis chapter 2 and verse number 25. This is the part of marriage that Satan has so viciously attacked. It's become commonplace in society for people to sleep together or live together before they get married. But that is not the way, that is not the design that God placed within the marriage covenant. Save yourself for your spouse before marriage. You know, the Bible explains this principle in 1 Corinthians chapter 6, in verse number 12. We're not going to turn there this morning, but I will refer to it. It goes all the way back to the beginning of time when Adam and Eve became one flesh. God created this beautiful act of the two joining together in marriage. It's two people that come together so intimately that it's exclusive to anyone else in the whole world. It's two becoming one flesh. However, when you make the connection outside of the marriage covenant, you not only sin against God, but 1 Corinthians teaches us, but you rob yourself of the joy and the intimacy and the pleasure that you could have had had you done things the way that falls within this plan. The Bible makes it incredibly plain. Listen to what the Bible says. Nobody can misinterpret. There's no way to misinterpret what God says. Listen, listen to this. Flee fornication. Every sin that a man doeth is without the body. But he that committeth fornication sinneth against his own body. That's 1 Corinthians 6, verse 18. Wait until you're married. It is one thing in life that it is one of the things in life that's worth waiting for. It's the most precious give, gift you can give to your spouse. It's say, I am yours and yours only. Wait on marriage. Keep yourself for your spouse physically. This goes before you're married and even after you're married. You know, the pull of adultery is real. It draws us through the things of this world, you know, like it's probably like it's never had before in history. I mean, things that just pull at us. I mean, there are images and videos that you can access within seconds without anybody knowing. The internet has connected us so personally. I mean, you could literally stumble into the act of adultery. You could literally stumble into the act of being unfaithful to your spouse. Jesus, I mean, he was absolutely way ahead of his time. He gave this great sermon on the mount, right? And everybody was listening to him. It's been thousands of years ago. But listen to what he said. You have heard that it was said by them of old time, thou shalt commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever looketh on a woman to lust after her hath committed adultery already with her in his heart. So it's like Jesus is standing there like he's seeing the thousands of years that he saw the internet. He's like, you commit adultery in your heart. Don't you see it? Keep yourself for your spouse physically. Instead of working to cultivate the two becoming one flesh like the Bible 
teaches us, sin draws you into this trap of trying to find it somewhere else. But the thing we miss is the thing that 1 Corinthians, that we just read, that really you hurt your own self by doing that. We miss out by not doing things God's way. Keep yourself for your spouse emotionally. You know, there is another aspect of adultery that threatens your marriage. It's this. Long before anybody ever has an affair, you become emotionally unfaithful to your spouse. You meet up with this person, you start to talk with this person, and maybe it's not even intentional. But you begin to share how you feel and you share personal things with this person. And you open up with this person, you connect with this person in ways that you're not connecting with your spouse. And you have an emotional affair. You have conversations that should only be between husband and a wife. And of course, it doesn't take long for that relationship to turn into something else. It's almost like when you're dating, when you were dating your spouse, when you were courting or whatever you want to call it, and you're with each other and your relationship starts to grow and your feelings for each other start to grow. And then, of course, you get married in God's will. And then it blossoms into this beautiful relationship, this beautiful marriage relationship that you have together. What happens when you have adultery, when you start to have an emotional affair, when you start to be intimate with someone who is not your spouse, it's like that relationship starts to grow and it starts to develop. But instead of blossoming into something beautiful, it turns into something ugly. It blossoms into something that's just ugly. It's something that you're ashamed of. Why did I do this? Why did I make this mistake in my life? It's something you live with the rest of your life. Keep yourself for your spouse emotionally, and you'll be glad that you did. Wait on your spouse. Wait on marriage. This is where like work comes in, into play into marriage. Keeping yourself for your spouse. This is when it gets a little bit hard. It begins to be like work in marriage. You have to work on keeping your relationship with your spouse growing and intimate. You have to work at that thing. In this way, you can turn to each other for emotional and physical support instead of someone else. So if you're there and you are there for your spouse emotionally and you are there to make that connection with them and you're there to have that intimate, those intimate conversations with them, they don't need to get it somewhere else. If you're there with your spouse to meet those physical and physical desires and things that they want, you're there for them. They don't need to look somewhere else. That's where the work comes into play by working, constantly working at your relationship. It's not just you're just floating through life. It's not just you're just married, but you're putting the effort and the work into your marriage to make it what it should be. Number two, wait on restoration and healing. Number one was wait on your marriage. Number two, wait on restoration and healing. There is no instant healing for pain and hurts that we all experience sometimes in marriage. Then maybe your spouse was unfaithful to you or maybe you were unfaithful to your spouse or maybe your spouse has disappointed you or you're disappointed in your marriage. It takes time and patience for things like that to heal and change. It's like having a broken bone. I've never had one, but I've known people who do. It takes weeks for that thing to heal. I mean, you have to have a cast. You have to go to checkups. 
It's not instant. You have to wait for your healing and your restoration. And you may have to do some things that are not uncomfortable. You may have ups and downs during that time, but you wait on your restoration. Have patience with your spouse. Have patience with your spouse. Learn how to wait. I like to think about how incredibly patient God is with me. Before I knew him, he gave me so much time to get right with him. I mean, for me, it was literally years. I grew up hearing the gospel message in church, and it took me years to come to the place and to the point where I yielded my will to his. It took me years, but he was patient with me that entire time. And even now he's patient with me. I was talking to someone the other day about how God shows me something from the Bible and it takes me so long. It seems like it just takes me forever to get that thing right. I mean, just it's just a process. And then God is just so patient with me. He is so patient. But that's the patience you should have with your spouse. This is when marriage gets tough. I mean, being patient with each other when things aren't the way that you want them to be. It gets tough. This is when God uses your marriage to make you like Jesus. He has designed marriage to teach you patience. It is in this his teaching of patience that we learn the joy and reward of loving each other, even through all the hardships that we go through. Have patience with your spouse. Use the power of the spirit. God has given us a spirit to live the Christian life. In living for him, it's his desire for us to help us to be, to learn patience, to learn how to wait. In the, in Galatians chapter, in Galatians chapter five, it gives us the fruit of the spirit. And stuck right in the middle of the nine fruits of the spirit is his word called long suffering. Long suffering means patience. You're suffering long. You're learning how to wait. Wait for restoration and healing in your marriage. It may take some time for things in your marriage to improve, but it's okay. Because you know what? Time is a gift that God has given you. You have time. Now, this past week, that would be Saturday, July 13th, if you're listening to this, around 1130 a.m. My sweet eight-year-old nephew was taken out of this life suddenly and our time with him was gone. Time is a gift that God gives us. Time is something that God gives all of us. And you can use that gift of time to have pay, to develop patience and love in your, in restoring your marriage and having your marriage, making your marriage special. You can take the time that God has given you to work on your marriage and to make it what it should be. You have time. Use the power of the Spirit. Your patience with your spouse reflects your patience with God. The Bible has a way of putting things in a different perspective when you read it. may be hard to practice, but it's necessary to do if you want to have a good marriage. Listen to this. How can you love God whom you've not seen? This is me saying it. When you don't love your spouse that you do see. 
This is God saying it in 1 John 4.20. If a man say, I love God and hateth his brother, he is a liar. For he that loveth not his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he hath not seen? Loving your spouse and being patient with them in a way is loving God. Wait on your spouse. Wait on restoration. Wait on recovery. Wait on your marriage to get better. Number three, wait on material things. Wait on material things. This is a big one. It's a problem that I think almost all married couples face. It's waiting to have things. It's like the young couple get married and then we kind of have this expectation that we're going to have everything else other married couples have. Forget the fact that they've been, they were married for 20 years. Forget the fact that they've been accumulating things all this time. But we have to wait, have to learn to wait on Wait on things. Maybe you have unrealistic expectations and a couple buys a house they really can't afford. I mean, they get car payments that are outrageous and they really can't afford it. Or they buy frivolous things on a credit card because we don't want to wait. But waiting is a lesson that God wants all of us to learn. I think about my niece who is getting married very soon. I'm embarrassed that I don't know the date. I should. She sent me an invitation. I've heard it like a hundred times from my family. And she's getting, she's getting, she's getting married soon. And they're really sweet. They just don't have a lot of stuff, right? They're just starting out. They don't have much, but they have each other. And the truth is you really don't need all those things. if You have each other. It's like God made the passion and intensity of love so great that when you first get married, who cares? Who cares what you have? It's like you just live on love. It doesn't matter what you have as long as you have each other. It's like you just live on love. Isn't? I think God just kind of made it that way. I mean, it's, you say those wedding vows to each other and if you do, if you've done things the right way and and you love each other, and it's just like that love just gets so intense. You're just so happy to be together. All those frivolous things are not really important. It's a lesson that all married couples need to learn. God designed life so that you would have to wait. Learning to wait on things while you're waiting on things, you can enjoy your life together. I mean, it's crazy to be madly in love with each other, we're just married. We're madly in love with each other. And to miss that, worried about all the stuff you don't have. But then even couples that have been married for a long time still don't get it. Still don't get it. They miss those moments in time, the gifts that God has given them to be together and just to be in love with each other. So consumed with what they don't have. What do you really need? Don't bury yourself in debt. Now, I've known couples who have a lot of things that I have never had. But they're miserable. And it may be that they really couldn't afford to have those things either. 
But while I don't have maybe those things that they have, I am happily married, which is something they don't have, right? It's okay to wait on things and just learn how to enjoy loving each other. Don't bury yourself in debt. It's a mistake that so many couples make. Wait on material things. Get your priorities right. Jesus preached to those who were obsessed about things that they needed or things that they didn't have. He admonished them to focus on spiritual things above all else. Listen to what he said. But seek ye first the kingdom of God. Wait, you've heard it, right? But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things shall be added unto you. What things were he talking about? Material things. The people who were listening to him at that sermon, they were so caught up with what they were going to wear and what they're going to eat and where they're going to live. He said, seek first the kingdom of God. Put God first and let the other things just take care of themselves. Just be honest here. We all probably have everything that we need. And if you have each other, you have something that money can't buy. Put God first in your marriage. Wait on your marriage. Wait on restoration and healing. Wait on material things. And number four, wait on Jesus. This is a misunderstood principle of the Bible. Waiting on him is not the same as waiting at the highway department. Thank God. It's not the same as like waiting in the dentist's office or something. You're just sitting there waiting on them to call your number. I'm still waiting. I've waited so long. I've waited here so long, my legs are numb. I've waited here so long, I can't wait. They call. How long? What am I going to do? I'm just sitting here, just trying to stare at the walls and what's the paint peeling off the wall and fading. It's just it's awful to have to wait sometimes. But that's not what it's like waiting on Jesus. You know what? Instead, it's like when you're in a restaurant. And you've, have you ever had a good waiter at a restaurant? It's just something about a good waiter or waitress at a restaurant. I mean, they just kind of anticipate what you need. I love to have, when I'm going out to eat, I love to have a nice glass of water with lemon. When I have, and I guzzle it down, the whole time I'm guzzling this water, and it's so awesome when my waiter or waitresses anticipates it. I'm not saying, hey, I need some more water. Or we're not putting all our glasses at the end of the table, but a good waiter, they, they, oh yeah, here you need some more water. I'm like, wow, they anticipated that I would need water. Or they anticipated that we would need more napkins since we have a five-year-old. Hey, let me get you some more napkins. Here's another straw. I saw your daughter throw the straw across the room. Or here's another fork. I saw her throw it at the people walking by. And, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Yeah, the antici- they, you saw what I needed. You saw what I wanted. And you took care of me. That's the way it is when we wait on the Lord. We're like the waiter. We're like the waitress. We're just serving him. We're doing our best to give him what he wants. We're doing our best to do what he wants. And we're doing such a, we're trying to do such a good job while we're waiting on him that we're anticipating what he might want us to do and trying to do that for him. That's what waiting on the Lord is really about. In waiting, we serve him. In serving him is so ironic that we stand still while trusting in his purposes and his plan. We're busy serving, but we're standing still and waiting on him at the same time. It's like we have a peace 
because we're trusting in him and we're waiting on his purposes and his plan. It's like the sheep of Psalm chapter 23. We're not wandering around. We're not trying to find our way out. We're waiting patiently for our shepherd. We're there waiting for him. He will give you the desires that he puts in your heart. Delight thyself also in the Lord and he shall give thee the desires of your heart. He'll put the desires there. And if you're willing to wait, he will give you those same desires. We will have the promise that waiting on him, that we'll see him face to face. Here's the promise. Here it is. No deep theology involved. You don't have to go to Bible college to understand it. There's no deep doctrines here. First John 3, 2, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. We will see Jesus face to face. At the end of the day, that's what we're waiting on. That's what we want. That's what we're waiting to happen. We're serving him, but we're resting in him. We're standing still. We're resting in his promise that we'll see him again someday, that we will see Jesus face to face. In summary, four things you should wait for in your marriage. Number one, wait on your marriage. Number two, wait on restoration and healing. Number three, wait on material things. What a big deal this is. Wait on material things. And number four, wait on Jesus. Wait on him. Get busy waiting on him. Be his waiter. Be his waitress. Serve him, but rest in the promise that he is going to bless you if you're willing to wait. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this day. Thank you for the time that you've given us on earth. Lord, how precious and valuable our moments, our minutes, our seconds are. And I pray that we would live every second in every moment, resting in your promises and waiting on you. We ask these things in your name. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Fixer Upper Marriage Podcast. If you have found this podcast episode helpful, consider sharing it with a friend. Remember that God has great things planned for your marriage. So don't miss it.